Hello and welcome to the Motown Philly podcast. This is episode 17, episode 17 of the Motown Philly podcast. I am your co-host Tim Golden here with my co-host your boy <laughs> Jason Hall. What up though? What up, though, is that wonderful Detroit colloquialism. In case you're wondering, Jason Hall is the Motown in Motown, Philly, because he is from the Motor City, home of Motown Records, Barry Gordy, Aretha Franklin, and mm-hmm. so many other music greats. And yours truly, Tim Golden, is from that city of brotherly love, the city that should be the nation's capital, the city that happens to be stuck between New York and D.C. Suffers the fate of many a middle child, but that's all right, because like any other Philadelphian, I walk through life with a chip on my shoulder and dare you to knock it off. One day we're going to have to talk about origins and communication. Yeah, let me break that down. We're going to get there at some point, but today we have another topic for you. That is a little different from what we started out on. But before we get into it, I just want to say, and I know Jason wants to take a moment to say so also, to just thank all of you for tuning in, for listening, for making us part of your lives. Jason, we have such awesome listeners. We have such an awesome community that we're building here. I, I look forward to the day when we will be able to have some live events when we will have some merch to push some 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 sweatshirts some mugs but of course all of that which is in the future takes uh takes time to build it takes money it takes a it does take a whole village a community and with your support with your continued support with your listening and subscribing and and uh getting those upload notifications and downloading our episodes. Please continue to download our episodes and share them with friends, family, coworkers, Mm -hmm. everyone you know, because the, the more that we grow, the more potential there is for Motown Philly to develop, to, to benefit from some monetary uh, monetary realities that we believe are are right around the corner. So uh, again, we want to continue to build our community. And on behalf of Jason, I just want to say thank you so much for all that you do, for all that you've done. And I do not take it for granted that somewhere, sometime during the week, someone is listening to what it is we have to say and we just have some great things we got some great things coming up in 2023 we'll talk about that we'll tease y'all a little bit about that but uh for now jason i want to pass it over to you because i know you want to express your gratitude too no like every time we hop on tim and i will always give our audience, our growing audience flowers. And that's, that's, that's what this time is for, for you guys to know that Tim and I don't sit up here as co-kings or, or in any position to, to, to be of an authority. We're not, we are, we have these wonderful topics and conversations to, to express, to explore in the presence of you guys, if there was a living room, we're sitting and having this conversation 
and wanting it to be open to the ears and minds and hearts of the individuals who are listening. And even so, and I haven't told Tim this, and we talk about community, um, but I, Tim, I got an idea and you and I can explore it um, a little bit more, but we're community, like you know, the the mission and the goal of our podcast or or the, the three things that stand as pillars of, of who we are and what we do is we seek to communicate better. We, we seek to, we seek to, with that communication, ex- explore and create deep connection uh, through good, rich, um, healthy communication that, that flows down from connection to community. And commu- those three things together create a strong environment for healthy conversations and um, support and love and sharing. And Tim, my idea was, and like I said, I hadn't run this by you, but I think hopefully it's something that we could potentially do or something similar. Um, I know I've understood that certain podcasts, they have Facebook groups. And you and I, Tim, we have, I believe we have very rich and interesting conversations and people who listen to us might want to chime in to the conversation that we're having. And in our Facebook group, we can potentially create a, create, that's where we can kind of sit our community and have conversations. And we, you guys can have conversations again uh, amongst yourselves and we can all seek to edify and, and to support each other and to find, you know, just find a different um, angle or, of insight about some of the things that we're talking about that maybe Tim and I didn't discuss and that you guys can bring up and and share um, in the group. And that community can be a community that's ever growing and evolving and learning uh, through the insights that Tim and I spark through the conversations that that we share here on this platform. So I don't know what you think about that, Tim, but I do love our listeners and to interact with them is probably the one thing that I wish as you and I talk and have conversations to one thing that we can do and we can, we, we could readily see the support and, and see the conversations evolve and, and talk to certain, certain key points that you and I didn't have time to, 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 to share or to even think about bringing up. So maybe that's something we'll do if it's that or something else, we seek to create a community where, where we can have, we can continue to explore the conversation. What do you think, Chick? Sure. I think there's all kinds of things that we can do going forward in the future. I think we will, uh, we will explore all those opportunities mm-hmm. and, and I look forward to being able to do things like that. And, and I'm just grateful that right now that we, that we're not doing those things that people are listening, Definitely. that people are supporting us however they can. And, and we're just grateful for what we have right now. Although we do look forward to being able to do more. We have some exciting things on the horizon. I don't know if you have noticed this, but to this point, it, you've just been listening to me and Jason you're going to continue to hear me and Jason in 2023, but in 2023, we're going to have at least one guest a month. And we already have our first guest lined up for the month of January. And so stay tuned because each week we're each, each month, we're going to have a guest 
who's going to be a subject matter expert in their field mm -hmm. that's going to talk about something uh, something very important for us uh, here at Motown Philly Connect that's that's pertinent to communication, connection, and community. Mm -hmm. We're looking forward to a special Valentine's Day episode next year mm -hmm. on romance and communication. And mm -hmm. we are going to have a special guest with us. Yeah. It is going to be someone who is a, a fairly prominent social media influencer, and we mm -hmm. look forward to that. I'm going to keep you in suspense till we get a little closer to the date, but we're going to have that. We're going to have a trauma expert come in in March and talk about trauma and communication. We're also going to have a special Black History episode where we talk about uh, topics pertinent to history and and black history and those effects and impacts on communication. So we have a lot lined up for you in 2023, and we're just looking forward to sharing those things with you. Again, there may be other opportunities available, as Jason said, to interact with us, Facebook, et cetera. But I'm looking forward to the day when we are able to uh, get together. I'm thinking big. We're able to get together in a podcast studio somewhere in Atlanta and we've got so many subscribers we don't know what to do with it and people have heard that Motown Philly is coming to town and we're mm. going to get to do a live episode in a podcast studio and that all of that sounds great but that takes money and in order to get that money we have to get some ads in order to get those ads we have to get your support and if you all just continue doing what you are doing right now we will get there together Yes. So, yes. but Listen, until then, until right. then, thank you to yes. everyone for thank all you of your support. Thank we you really appreciate it. And Jason and I don't take it for granted. No, we don't. I want to. I want to continue to to remind you guys to, of course, who might be listening who haven't subscribed. We would appreciate a subscribe, a subscription. Hit that like button, and also uh there's 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 a review you know if we five stars that's possible for you and you're digging what we're doing give us five stars and even uh write a little something on our behalf i know not all platforms do that itunes itunes does that specifically and i believe google there's a google outlet platform that allows you to kind of do uh review us with stars um, we're going for the five stars and, and even a short review if you could be so kind to uh, like and um, give us a review and even share our information. So we we appreciate that from the bottom of our hearts. And of course, Jason and I are always looking to get better. So if your review is less than five stars, that's okay. Mm -hmm. we, we want you to have Critique. those. We want you to have those tough conversations with us mm -hmm. if if you need to do it. And if the way we have to do it now is by accepting some constructive criticism, by all means, we will do that. Uh, and we will take it into into account and we will proceed accordingly. So Definitely. thank you, folks, for all that you do. Well, Jason, episode 17. And in the interest of transparency, because we believe that genuine vulnerability and transparency contributes to deeper communication, which builds connection and more authentic community, Jason and I have to tell you tonight that this topic that we're going to talk about was not what we planned to talk about. We planned to talk about something completely different. Yep. But then there was a news story 
And Jason brought it to my attention that if we didn't cover this story, we might be missing something and we Mm -hmm. might be missing out on an opportunity to share some of our thoughts and insights with everyone who's listening out there. And Jason, you want to tell the folks how this came about and what we're going to talk about tonight? So if you guys, yes, yes, Tim, if you guys haven't guessed yet, uh, Tim and I are avid sports fans. I mean, um, you know, he's you, from you, a, you, can't, you can't be from Detroit and from Philly and right. not be an average sports fan. <laughs> you just can't. I mean, it's possible, but it's it's a rarity. So one of the things that Tim and I connect uh, with often is through sports. We connect on a lot of different levels, but sports is one of our things that we probably don't have too many conversations, you know, off off wax, if you will, off the podcast and not mention something about what's going on in the sports world, even if it's his city or my city or maybe just general, generally speaking. So, of course, it's almost been a week now. And the main topic for this week in sports is our friend Dion Sanders, who was the head coach, was the head coach of Jackson State um, University in Mississippi. And which is an HBCU school. And he recently took a job at the University of Colorado. I believe they're called the Buffaloes or, or something, something or other. But uh, if you guys are not aware, um, University of Colorado is not an HBCU uh, university or college. It is. By the a, way, for, for those who are listening, HBCU, you, you might you. not know the the abbreviations i'm sorry jason i don't want to interrupt no, no you're good uh, uh is his historically black college and, and university, university. Mm-hmm. and pwi is predominantly white institution so exactly th- that's what those letters mean i'm sorry go right ahead. so we will be using those letter inter- letters and acronyms uh, interchangeably so uh, our friend neon Dion Sanders went to a PWI, a predominantly white institution um, and of called Colorado State University. And of course, no, no, no. Dion Sanders went to Florida State. Oh, I'm sorry. I meaning he left the HBCU uh, oh. coaching position and went to and went to Colorado. Yes. Right. Colorado State University. Colorado. University, University of Colorado. Colorado, not Colorado Thank State. Thank University. you for helping me out there, a chick. And so we went there. So that that to me was just something that raised my eyebrows. And of course, I let Tim know or or brought it into the radar of this could potentially be a topic for our show because it was I I felt and this is this is where where I thought the perception was. I felt that. When Dion came to Jackson State in Mississippi, he came to this HBCU to bring a certain light, to bring a certain spectrum, to be a beacon in a, in a lot of ways to to uh, to this type of university, to black universities or or colleges, and to really bring notoriety and even some of you know, our top national athletes that typically go 
to predominantly white institutions, bringing them into his fold and coaching them and that they might get some some notoriety, even at a smaller school, a school that doesn't have the resources that, of course, a predominantly white institution would have. So I was feeling some type of way. And Tim, which is great. And Tim and I can do always do life together because Tim had Tim and I don't even though we're good good friends and brothers, we don't have the same, we don't have, we don't always see eye to eye, but we always, we always can come together and we can rationally and reasonably and even logically to on some level have a disagreement about, bro, this is, this is clearly what happened. And he can say from his, from his point of view and him being a lawyer that he is, uh, he can give his argument as to why it's it's the other, and we're going to attempt to 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 try and flesh that out in front of you today because we're t- this is talking about communication, and communication has some 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 ideology of perception always, and how things come across to different people, and we know that you might know that based on the experiences that we've lived in life. Like we might somebody might say something to us. And it's, and it's a whole bunch of people in a room and we all hear it differently because of our life experience, potentially. So, Tim, what were your thoughts about our friend Dion Sanders leaving an historically black um, college and university, Jackson State, and going to this predominantly white institution, University of Colorado? When it, and when it seemed to me like he was he was in he was in Jackson state for the long haul and he was going to do do a lot of, a lot more good work there at that particular institution. What what was your thoughts? Well, as I think about this topic, Jason, I'm thinking that we were probably going to end up calling this episode expectations and communication. Ah, I love it. Because we, everybody has certain expectations of people especially celebrities and public figures that have the sheer force of personality that Deion Sanders possesses. Deion Mm -hmm. Sanders is truly a unique human being Mm -hmm. and God made him just like when he made you and me and everyone within the sound of our voices, he broke, he broke the mold. Yeah. Right. No, no two of us have the exact same, genetic code we're all different in in some way some small way even right and so i think that for me i i, I want to say this the view that Deion sanders sold the black community a bill of goods and then left a poor hbcu to m- tarry in the muck and mire of its doldrums and its mediocrity, I think needs to be tempered a little bit. HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities, have a strong history of sending players, particularly in football, to the NFL. Mm-hmm. For those of you who are sports fans, the name Walter Payton is immediately recognizable. And Walter Payton played for the Chicago Bears. Walter Payton 
was a draft pick of the Chicago Bears from, I believe it was 1973, and he came from Jackson State University. Mm -hmm. Doug Williams, the former quarterback for the now Washington Commanders, formerly Mm -hmm. Washington Redskins, I don't like to say that name, but that's who they were when they drafted uh, Doug, I'm sorry, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers drafted Doug Williams, and Doug Williams went to Grambling. Uh, right. Shannon Sharp, who we all know, Shea right? Sharp, his podcast club Shay Shay, where they do something for two something for right? two something. You always hear Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp, NFL Hall of Famer, is the product of an HBCU. He went to Savannah State University. In Georgia, Aeneas Williams, NFL Hall of Fame defensive back, went to Southern University. Jerry Rice, Southern University in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Mm -hmm. Jerry Rice, the number one football player on the NFL's all-time 100 list of great players, is a graduate of Mississippi Valley State was a first round draft pick out of Mississippi Valley State in Itabina, Mississippi. Where (laughs) HBCUs have a strong track record of producing high quality black athletes who go on and have considerable success in the National Football League. Many of them, as I just mentioned, Shannon Sharp and Aeneas Williams and Walter Payton are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So HBCUs were already doing well before Deion Sanders in terms of producing players and and stu- and uh, uh, players who went to the NFL and had success. So my first thought what when Dion went there, my first thought was this is good because the sheer force of his personality, his NFL connections will bring a greater sense of professionalism to the program and will help the program succeed at a very high level. And sure enough, in three years, he has the team going inde- undefeated and the undisputed champion of the Southwest Athletic Conference, or the SWAC. Why? So, but make no mistake about it. Deion Sanders is not a graduate of an HBCU. Deion Sanders is a graduate of Florida State University, a predominantly white institution where he played football in a national spotlight under head coach Florida State head coach Bobby Bowden mm-hmm. coached that team. And Deion Sanders' college list of college opponents when he played for Florida State were teams like Miami, Penn State, Michigan. He's playing against the best of the best. Deion right. Sanders then goes to the NFL, and his talents put him in a situation where he had access to places and people that had plenty of very basic things to support him. And he looks around at Jackson State 
and he sees that Jackson State does not have the basic resources. Remember now, this is a city in which they had no running water. And Deion Sanders had to take the team to a hotel. Deion Sanders is going to go from getting a salary of $500,000 to coach Jackson State. By the way, it's been said that he gave 10% of his salary to help build facilities mm-hmm. that would improve things at Jackson State. And at University of Colorado, he's going to be getting paid $5 million and won't have to donate any of it because the force of his personality and his will to win is going to get the boosters to give and the resources that University of Colorado already has as a PWI are only going to get better. He also had two children, who two of his sons, who played on the team. One of them is going with him to the University of Colorado to play quarterback. So when you factor in, it's not like, it's not like, I think it's unreasonable for black people to expect Deion Sanders to put in that level of work to donate that, I mean, to donate that much of his salary and to remain at that level of commitment indefinitely. And then Mm -hmm. people will turn around and say, oh, well, he went in there like he was the savior. So we get to hold him to listen. You got to understand the swag of prime time of Deion Sanders could sell an air conditioner to an Eskimo. He could sell a box of matches to a demon burning in hell. Mm -hmm. Deion Sanders is Deion Sanders. And whatever he whatever he does, wherever he goes, it's gonna be a show. And I I don't I've always thought it was wrong for folks to impose a messiah attitude on him as if he has to remain nailed to the cross of underfunded and underappreciated HBCUs that have a remarkable record of putting black players in the national football league, despite all of the other hardships there were, there have been great black coaches at Jackson state before Deion Sanders. And there will be great black coaches at Deion at Jackson state after Deion Sanders. And so for me, when I factored in all of that, and then I factored in his commitment to his sons who he wants to have a similar experience perhaps to the one he had when he was in college at a PWI. I'm not mad at Deion Sanders at all. I mean, Those are my thoughts. Good, good, very, very good com- comprehensive uh, collective thoughts, Tim. Y'all see what I'm always up against and uh, the arguments here. Uh, Tim comes with with uh, often comes with with the the evidence of the history of a thing or an or an idea or subject matter. I come with the emotion. So <laughs> uh, this is this is my thought, and we you let off Tim with expectation. I think so. There's a, there's several things that I can address in what you said, but I want to keep it closer to the heart of what Dion actually why people why I feel people felt the way I felt. I just want to get this out there. I don't think 
I want you guys to understand that I'm not saying what Dion did was wrong. That man can make decisions for his own self and for his own children. I am saying what he did caused a group, a, a group of people in, in which I am included in to feel a certain way about it. And it wasn't like it wasn't necessarily necessarily jubilation or joy. It wasn't necessarily the first feeling that I felt was like, I'm happy for him. I, and it wasn't like it, I, there was no happiness for him because he, he in a, a lot of ways in which he said he got a promotion. But it was the feeling of those who he was leaving behind that I was empathizing with, that I was feeling for. And one of the so it was that there. And then and then even with that being said, I felt is though when Dion first got the job and a lot and in in a lot of parts during having that position and even though it wasn't explicit always it felt as if he came across like he was there for the people he was there for the kids um um a very noted sports analyst by the name of Bomani Jones he brought uh, brought out a point to say that Dion went into homes of he went into homes of of families and recruited various sons of families and said to his school his institution where they would play for you know three to four years and uh, and made looked in the eyeballs of parents uh, and and their kid and the kids who would play for him. And said that, hey, this is we're in this together. I'll be here. I'll be coaching them. And it's just hard. And he and even to the public, it just seemed like he gave at at, not all the time, because they especially towards the end of his his tenure at Jackson State, people started asking him questions because they everyone knew in sports world that people were coming for him to ask him and proposition him for another job at a at a PWI type institution that would also offer him more money. And he said, Hey, I'm going to entertain it, which, which should have been a clue. Like, Hey, there's a possibility that this, this won't last forever. But my point is coming in the door, setting expectations. It didn't necessarily feel, and maybe you don't go into a something, you don't go into something feeling like, or, or pronouncing your exit on the entrance. So, but it's really felt like he was going to sit there. Like Tim said, Dion is an influencer like no other. And in my head, I often say, just like LeBron, with influencers comes an economy. And when I say an economy is like, it, it, it attracts, he attracts an enormous amount of attention nationally. With like in that when you can attract that type of attention, you attract there's some level of power that goes with that. And where there's power, there's resources, where there's resources, there's money, there's and there creates an ecosphere of uh, of of just, you know, a uh, affluent, if you will, type of environment that is set on growing on growth and just look at LeBron in Cleveland. Every time he leaves there, that place, <laughs> place is just not the same. It's, it's doing a little bit better now because the team is not bad, but 
where influencers, powerful people go, so does the economy and the resources. And it just seemed, and we all know his time and tenure there, he garnered a lot of attention, which garnered a lot of power, which provided a lot of resources. And him showing up there, giving the expectation that he could be here or he was doing this for a cause, it had no expiration date on it, but he was there for seemingly the people. And being there for the people means that there's going to be some, it seems like there's going to be a setup of residence on, on some level, um, so on, on, on some level of time as well. And as you set up residence, it seems that that gives the appearance that this is going to be like this for a while. What that while is <laughs> for Dion, that while was three years. It would have been nice to say, hey, I'm doing this. I really don't know how long I'm going to be doing it, but I don't see myself being here more than five, four to five years. Maybe you but maybe you don't come in the door announcing that. But it was just it, it he I believe he gave the impression, regardless of the history of what Tim talked about. That his residence was for the people, for colleges like Jackson, like Jackson State to draw, to, to, to give an understanding that these colleges can do well in, in environments that where you were you um, bringing like positive attention and they can succeed too. And I just felt like he kind of let us, there was a letdown. And I don't say he let us down. We're talking about expectations. And there was a letdown that we felt that was going to be either this this past weekend or maybe it was going to feel the same exact way five years from now because he did not give us an expiration date of his time there. And I'm so I'm expressing to you guys there was a feeling there was a feeling that we that a lot of us felt of kind of disappointment because in a lot of ways things are now going to kind of go the way they have been going. And I'm not saying that he didn't affect change because he did, especially in that particular institution. And he did bring notoriety and eyeballs and attention onto more HBCUs. But I'm just, what I'm saying, guys, is I just believe that it was a peak. And now we're coming back down to the low. And whatever happens, maybe the low is a little bit higher than it was before. So that's what Dion did. But it's not going to be the same. Well, you're right. It's not going to be the same. But I do think Deion Sanders left a blueprint of what can be done. All of the economy that came with him, to be sure, is going to leave with him and go to Colorado. Mm -hmm. But maybe it doesn't have to be that way. So st let, me, let me stop you there. How do you recreate what he did if he is the influencer? Like, the, I don't think. Well, I don't it, think you can reduplicate that. But Jason, that's unfair. It's unfair to impose that kind of messianic standard on one person. We forget Deion Sanders is a human being. But you just said, you just said so, he left, he's left, leaving a blueprint. There is no blueprint. He is the blueprint. Well, I don't, I don't see, I don't think so. I, I disagree. I think that there's no reason that the administration uh, of Jackson State University can't figure out a way to maintain the corporate sponsorships, to maintain the graduation rate of its uh, football team and its athletes, to continue to instill the kind of values in them that Dion has. So, yes, Dion is leaving, but that doesn't mean 
that everything he did or everything he accomplished in the past three years has to necessarily leave with him. Is it going to be exactly the same? No, it's not going to be exactly the same. And we shouldn't hold that against Deion Sanders. At some point, the university has to assume some level of responsibility and say, okay, we knew this wasn't going to last forever. And now Deion Sanders is leaving. Who else can we hire? And what can we do to attract a candidate as a head coach here at Jackson State who might not bring all the glitz and glamour and influence of Deion Sanders, but who can help us maintain a level of competence with our sponsorships and with our students and a level of commitment that will help us maintain what we've got. Of course, it's not going to be the same, but that doesn't mean it has to be the end of the world. I don't and think that. I, I don't think that. Shit, shit. Listen, I don't listen, think. Go for it. I, I just don't think the argument is to main is is to to say that it's it's going to go down like it's going to be at the bottom. It's just with him not being there. Like I, even maintenance is going to be challenging. But Jason, he, what is he supposed to do? Is he supposed? I'm not, to no, let's not move the football. I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying let's not move the football. The football, literally speaking, like it, you, it just it's just acknowledged that he was he was his own machine, and wherever he was, which was this particular school. A lot of that's going with him. It's no one's fault. No one's blaming or pointing fingers, but a blueprint you can, everyone can, without him being in that bl a blueprint, it's not, it's, it's not, it doesn't even hold a, the shadow, a shadow of what it was or what it could be because he's, it's like having a car without gas in, in a lot of ways, not saying it can't still roll forward, but it's just like, without him being there, like those sponsors can't came because that he that his his program was getting eyeballs on it like his social media was like the number one growing social media and as a as a, as professional and amateur league and it's just like he's trying to bring that blueprint over there to them in Colorado like he the engine is there's the tires are different the engine is different or the gas is not there i'm just saying a blueprint of what he did it can't be duplicated. And yes, there you can try and have maintenance, but he's not there. And, and that means what, Jason? What What's does that, that imply? What does that what's the what's the corollary of what you just said? What well, my that point we, is like we should, oh, we he's should. gone. Let's see if we can continue. There is no continuation of that. You just keep doing the because there are great teams that are in the SWAC and other other divisions where HBCUs exist where they're good programs. They might not have all the facilities that are upgraded the way Dion had it, but it's just like, you just be a good team. You win a lot of games and you're, you have athletes in your program that graduate, but it just doesn't have a spotlight. He's the spotlight. That's my whole point. And you just, they're just going to, you can't do anything about it. And all my point, here's my whole my entire point. My entire point was he was a spotlight. He was a spotlight. And now that spotlight gone and they're going to exist and they're going to keep moving forward. But it just the, without the spotlight, of course, it's just not going to be the same. So what kind of blue? There's no blueprint. You just keep doing what you've been doing or trying to do what you've been doing uh, as best you can. 
until something else or someone else comes along. But there's only one Dion. I disagree. Oh. I disagree completely. Clearly, yeah. clearly. It's absolutely a blueprint. There are things that he is leaving behind that you can't tell me that competent administrators, and I'm sure there's plenty of them at Jackson State University, okay. competent administrators and financial people at the university can't figure out a way to help maintain some of the things that Deion Sanders put in place. That's not the argument, so, though. But, it's not about maintaining. But it, but it is about maintaining because the university has to accept some responsibility. Do you think that that's? I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree. Well, with okay, that. so 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 then it, if 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 it's not going to be the same because Dion is gone again, I ask this question to you: What does that mean, imply for Dion Sanders? Does that? I mean, because to me, you keep saying. He's gone. He's not going to be there. It's not going to be the same. And I'm waiting for you to say, therefore, he should never leave. That's what it sounds like uh, to me. This is the whole point is he came with a he came and he sat there and he spoke with and said things and gave off an impression of, of expectation. Of and he now he's gone. Of and, and, he and that program. It, it will never be the same without him. They can of keep course. the pillars of structures that he's helped to create, but without an influencer like Dion, the, the money will still will slowly sift away because there's no eyeballs on that school anymore. There are no national ESPN games like on, on ESPN one or two watching to see what Jackson state is doing. His son is not the primary quarterback who has Heisman trophy like talent. Like there's not, he took everything with the spotlight is gone. It's going to, it's going to sink down to be what it was in a similar fashion, maybe a little bit higher. And, and it's kind of sad. And, and that's Deion Sanders fault. The thing is, we're not sitting here talking about fault. When you make it a fault, it is like, it's, but, uh, it, Jason, it's not a fault. I'm, I'm talking I'm, to you I'm, about a feeling and a sentiment that he gave th that he set as a level of expectation. And, that's and, which is the yeah. reason why people feel the way they feel. And, I, and I, no one's fought at that. No, I think that's I think that's unreasonable. I think it's unreasonable to feel that way. I think it's unreasonable to think that just because he went into homes and told young people and their families and recruits that these are the things he was going to be doing at Jackson State. This is what he was going to be doing. It, I mean, it's I'm almost waiting for someone to say that he's actually doing something unethical or that he's misleading these people. He's not doing that. No. We all know circumstances change. Yeah, that's I, part of the job. I, I I'm got, just saying that's. That's recruited, true. I got recruited to the University of Memphis by three of the top philosophers in the world. And I'm not bragging, but within a year after I got to the University of Memphis, two of them left and went to another university. And they offered me the opportunity to go to the, this other university, Penn State, with them. And I just decided no, because I had just moved my household lock, stock, and barrel from Pennsylvania to Memphis, Tennessee. And I was not going to turn around and go back. Does that mean that the people who recruited me were being deceptive or they were wrong? Or No one said, no one said he was being deceptive. No, no, so, but no one's I, saying that. I'm addressing the feeling. I'm addressing the feeling. So remember, I said it's unreasonable to feel that way. So here at Motown Philly, what do we do? We talk about reason and we talk about the emotion. True that. And the fact of the matter is, 
I'm not saying it's wrong to have the feeling. What I'm saying is that the feeling has to be ran through your rationality because it would have been wrong for me to cast aspersions at two out of the three philosophers who recruited me to come study at Memphis. When the reality is that when you are that successful, people are going to come after you. You you don't think you you don't think the University of totally totally they, they see what he's doing, and you don't think the people, the students there, the families of those students, they know. You can see the handwriting on the wall. Nothing is certain when you're dealing with a personality type like Deion Sanders. Because Deion Sanders will always, like most of us, will end up doing what is in his best interest. The people of Cleveland felt some type of way 12 years ago when LeBron James said, I'm taking my talents to South Beach. He was from Ohio, from Akron, grew up there, played all those years there. And you had the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers come out and go off on him and all of that. Meanwhile, LeBron was like, I'm out of here, like Vladimir. And he went down to Miami and won a couple championships with D-Wade. So my point is, and here's something else we're overlooking. Deion's a human being, right? Made a lot of money in the NFL. Probably retired from the NFL with... A minimum 33, about, 33 mil, 33 mil. Yeah, yeah I was going to say somewhere between 30 and 40 million dollars. Mm -hmm. So he got money. He don't have to worry about that. Mm -hmm. But but maybe maybe he got tired of living in a state where the capital city didn't have no clean water. Maybe he got tired of having to fight for his kids, having to put his kids up in hotels, right? See, there's all kind of stuff that happened along his journey there. And you don't know, we don't know what his relationship was like with the administration. We don't know who he may have ticked off, right? There's a lot of things I, I think, you know, people may feel, people are, you know, you're entitled to feel however you feel. But before we cast judgment, and I'm not saying no, one, no, one, no one's doing that. Uh, no, I, no, no, no. I think you might not be doing it, but I think a lot of other people are. A lot of other people are casting judgment. There's a lot of things you that none of us know about the dynamics of his working relationship with the folk at Jackson State. We just we're not in a position to know that. You know what we know? We know what we see and mm. we see it. And it makes us feel good when he's there. It makes us feel bad when he's gone. But none of us are in a position to judge him. And I'm not saying you're judging him, but there are a lot of black people who are judging him. There are a lot of black people who are coming out and condemning him. And I don't think that's fair. That's not fair to Deion Sanders because the reality is, despite what you've seen, you have no idea what he has been through. Mm. And you have no idea how his kids have been treated. You have no idea how it feels to have to give a tithe of your salary to help when the university you work for can't seem to do it on its own. So you pull in corporate sponsors, you pull in Walmart, you bring NFL players. 
like NFL Hall of Famers, mm-hmm. Terrell Owens. You bring Tom Brady down there mm-hmm. to help work with his son. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tom Brady is the GOAT of quarterbacks, right? Brady, Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens one of the best wide receivers in the history of the game. Number two, statistically, only behind only Jerry Rice. Deion's access. Yes, he's bringing all of that to them. And who knows? Just because he's not there doesn't mean those same caliber players still won't come. There are a lot of former NFL players who went to HBCUs that end up going back there. Doug Williams, who got drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, won the Super Bowl with the Washington Redskins in 1988, the first black quarterback to win the Super Bowl. He went back to HBCUs. He coached at Grambling. For years, his alma mater, he went and coached at Morehouse for years. So Dion is not the only uh, black NFL superstar to go back and, and to coach, right? So there may be others who will do that. And at some point, we all have to, I think, step back and say, we, to, we all have to extend to Dion, regardless of how we feel, the same kind of grace that we would want extended to us if we were in his situation and if we knew and experienced the things that none of us have known and none of us have experienced. And we just have to look at it and say, hey, it was a great run. He was there for a while. He did the right thing by those kids. And he'll go, he's going to continue to do the same thing in Colorado. I, I don't know. I mean, that's just... That's just my take on it. So my take is, is, and, and it's not like I disagree. And I, I don't want uh, those who are listening to think Tim and I are, we're at odds. We, we're passionate. Both of us are very passionate brethren, brothers. And yes, we have, and, and we are, we're also very keen and aware that having difficult conversations is a part of uh, communication connection and community and tim and i can stand in the face and have tough conversations we were talking about sports this has nothing to do with our lives <laughs> and you see how passionate we get about it but we remain as brothers uh, even if we don't see things eye to eye and i think it's important in communication and we can i can interject this is to when you're having differences of opinions and not able to to, I mean, I don't think it's to convince the other, but it's just uh, allow the other to see one's viewpoint that you do it, of course, in a respectful manner and that you, you do it with as much grace as possible. And you do it in a way that is not fault finding. You do it in a way that is not judgmental. And I think that's what I want to get to the point, though, um, the idea of, t- of, of Dion was to leave this 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 institution this hbcu um notice how i how my thought process was about this concerning him like tim totally doesn't have any feelings as as, well i shouldn't say this let me speak let me speak a little better to that point tim is not as 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 empathetic to uh jackson state as i am i believe because I am definitely a sympathizer and an empathizer to to the institution of, of Jackson State and how it was perceived. But this is what I want you to know. I had and, and which I believe is probably most profound. I I am not judging 
Dion Sanders for his move. I'm just acknowledging the feeling that it created once he decided to move. And there is still no judgment for this man making a, his, like Tim said, his best decision for him. Even though there's feelings that are connected with it, expectations, when you put expectations on it, uh, Tim and I have, have often talked about expectations. When you, expectations are inherent to different situations, whether they are implied or stated, there's always expectations. And whenever there's expectations on whatever level, there is also the bottom side of expectations. And that's a lot of times some level of emotional or some level of disappointment uh, or letdown, if you will, where, where expectations exist, period. You almost cannot avoid them, whether stated or unstated. Would you agree with that, Tom? I'd agree, Jason. In fact, I'll go so far as to tell you that when I first heard he was leaving, the first thing I thought about is what's going to happen to these kids? What's about to happen to this team? I felt bad. Mm. Yeah. And I did. I felt bad too. But then I thought about it and I said, well, we certainly couldn't expect him to stay forever. And I thought about how I felt when that one of those uh, professors who's one of the leading authorities in the world in his field in philosophy, you know, when I came to Memphis, Jason, when I met, when it, it was not long after I met you in Nashville, because I was recruited to come to Vanderbilt too. Mm-hmm. And I met you when I came to, to Nashville to visit Vanderbilt. But about three weeks later, I came back to Memphis to visit the University of Memphis and they whined me. They dined me. At the time I was married, they took my wife and I out to the nicest restaurants in downtown Memphis. We went on Beale Street. They told me what wonderful potential I had in philosophy and the sky is the limit for you, Tim, and we need you here. And this is what we're going to offer you here. And, I, and man, I was all over it. And that's what I decided to do. And, you know, at, again, at the time I was married and, you know, you pack up your you and your spouse pack up and leave and you go there and midway through my first year. I'm at the end of my fall semester in 2007. I just got there. He calls me in his office and he tells me he's going to be leaving and going to Penn state. Now here I am. I just left Pennsylvania, Uh right? I just left Pennsylvania Uh and I went home and it was, it was, I, I felt bad. It was something of a crisis for me. I went home, talked to my, my then wife about it and, we went on and on about it. And I, and at some point I just had to say, you know what? We ain't moving no more. I'm not following this joker all over the country. I am not helpless. I do not need my hand to be held. I'm going to step up to the plate and I'm going to make the best of my situation as is. And I'm going to dig in and I'm going to have a great career as an academic philosopher. And that's what I did. And I think at some point, that's what Jackson State has to do. And that's what any other 
institution affiliated with someone that has the force of personality and influence and star power because the the academics who recruited me to Memphis were the academic versions of Deion Sanders, yeah. right? Highly influential, highly successful, high, I mean, world-renowned scholars, and they're they what he what they did could not be duplicated here's let, let me say this time i think here's the fundamental difference um and i think we're talking about the same stories but we're shining light on aspects on different aspects of the same story you said something very um poignant which is something you never expressed to me before until this particular podcast episode you said when you heard he was leaving, mm -hmm. you felt a certain way. I did. You, you, I felt, you, you felt not a, just a certain way. You felt bad for the kids. You felt bad for the program. And this, and you had you sympathize and empathize uh, and had compassion uh, for this particular program. Here's a difference. And I also had it for Deion Sanders. And for Dion, because, of course, he was hurting in a lot of ways and having to leave those uh, wonderful kids in the, that institution. But there was a but. And however, that was that was seemingly swift because you th then thought to yourself. And here's the difference. You thought about you and your situation and having to kind of like snap out of it and say, yo, I'm not here I'm not here. For, I wasn't coming here to Memphis to study philosophy for those guys. They brought me to a great institution and I'm coming to get and do what I came to get and do. And my point here's here's me. I was just it was me sitting a little bit longer in the in the lamentations or lamenting over, if you will, this their particular predicament without moving forward because it just happened. It wasn't a, all right, let's mourn and let's just get up and let's, let's regroup. No, it's like, that was like, Dion was there not for a moment or a day. He was there for a time. And we were all just getting, all of us getting used to seeing him there and bringing the notoriety that he had. And it wasn't for me and a lot of other people to just get over uh, real fast and say, all right, on to the next. And and which which places no judgment on anyone. It's just like, how long does someone sit? And what do you say while you're sitting? No judgment. Or, you know, what do you say while you're sitting? Or you just kind of and observing to say, like, this happened and it doesn't necessarily feel good. And happy for Dion. The kids will grow and move on and hopefully maintain some level of semblance of, of a productive and positive and uh, efficient program that does that does good for the purpose that it that it's supposed to do but there is some hurt there that some people just sit in a little bit longer while someone says well what is he supposed to do no he's supposed to go do what he's what he do he was supposed to go do exactly what he did but so the question so. is so the question is i felt bad you felt bad neither one of us has judged dion but there are a lot of other people black people who took those feelings and transformed them into condemnation of Dion, which is a whole nother podcast, <laughs> which, which is, but, but to me, that's, that's the point I'm trying to address. Like, that's the problem. You know, we can, we, we all feel however we feel, 
as I said, I felt bad. You felt bad. But it's what we do with it. Remember, here at Motown Philly, we're not here to tell you completely facts over feelings. And we're not here to tell you that you should allow your feelings to direct you. We're here to say, hey, you know what? We have feelings for a reason. They're part of who we are. But we also have rationality. And when you consider every side of this, you may feel bad at first, but it would be it would be wrong morally, I think, to cast aspersions at Deion Sanders because of how this move made you feel. Again, you're not doing that. I'm not doing that. But there have been a lot of people out there who have done that. And I just don't think that's fair to Deion Sanders. I don't think it's fair to Jackson State University. I don't think that's fair to anyone because in the end, I can't help but think that a man of his level of success who's accustomed to having basic necessities could or like or any of us could get accustomed to having to jump through the kind of hoops he had to jump through in order to just make sure his kids had clean water. Yeah, I just don't I don't know if that's true, but I don't even if all those things never happened. I mean, that clean water came as a as a result of a natural disaster, whether he had clean. That's that's debatable. It's debatable about whether it came as a result of a natural disaster. The city has been dragging their feet. There's a lot going on in Mississippi. Meanwhile, Brett Favre is stealing money from the state treasury. Okay. He's stealing money from the state treasury. Don't nobody. He's trying to hide uh, from people. Oh, right? shit. And, and so listen, man, listen to me. You know, you have no idea the kind of stuff that's going through someone like Deion Sanders. mind. here he is NFL hall of famer, African-American making a, making a commitment, a short commitment, a three-year commitment. He made a commitment to Jackson state. He's seen the program succeed. He's doing all of this. And he, you can't tell me he don't look up at Brett Favre and think to myself, here's this white dude, NFL Hall of Famer. He's stealing money, and my kids ain't got clean water to drink. Mm. And he, he, Brett Favre ain't just stealing money. He, he ain't stealing money from rich people. Money that came to him from the state treasury. Money that's designated for the poorest people in the poorest state in of the our country. country. That's a whole other conversation in and of itself Brett Favre gave the money back and all of that I'm just saying there's a lot that we don't know about the situation and as bad as we feel we we have to run our feelings through our reason and say you know what I'm gonna fall back I did feel bad but I'm gonna fall back on that because it's a lot it's just a lot that I don't understand Right. It's like when when you go through a divorce, there might be people who I know I experienced this when I went through my divorce. You, too. There's people who feel bad that y'all ain't you and your wife ain't together no more. But then there's people who take those feelings and decide they're going to take sides. Despite not knowing the whole picture. It's a whole lot you don't know. And yeah, you might feel bad that we're not together anymore, but you can't parlay those feelings into I'm going to take his side or I'm going to take her side. And I don't like 
you can't make it a zero sum game. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and tragically, I think not not you, not me, but there's a lot of folk out there who have done that. So expectations play a big role, and and how expectations make us feel, how they make us behave, how we react to burdens being placed on on us. Deion Sanders made the point that his his calling is not about a location, but it's about a destination. And he said, I don't have to. Jackson State University is not the only conduit through which I can reach my destination. Yes, it was part of my journey, but the things I want to do are are bigger than Jackson State University. And he said, I'll always be grateful for the experience. And, you know, he made the point, I'm no less black because I'm not at Jackson State. You know how many black kids are now going to want to go to the University of Colorado and play football? The boosters are already reporting that people are going to be making record contributions. And here's the thing that that sort of excites me about the move to Colorado. University of Colorado, if I'm not mistaken, was one and eleven this year. In two years, I guarantee you they're going to be playing in a bowl game because of the sheer influence of Coach Prime. Prime time, Deion Sanders. Anyway, Jason, wow. What a conversation. We just went in today, didn't we? Yeah, you guys, you guys saw some raw Tim. And Jason, which is good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Expectations and communication. Jason, I'm so grateful for you. Love you so much. So thankful you too, bro. that you and I can chop it up uh, at, at, a, at a pretty intense level, pretty high level, mm-hmm. and, and always know that no matter what, we're friends. And we hope, you know, one of the things about the podcast that Jason and I always talk about is how it imposes or forces us to practice what we preach practice these principles of communication so we have to we have to practice these both on the air with everyone listening and with the community that we build and in our daily lives and it the blessing of the podcast i think for both of us is that it calls us to a higher standard of communication a higher Mm. standard of connection and a higher standard of community. And I think I speak for Jason when I say we hope that's what it does for all of you who are listening out there. Jason, where can they find you, man? Yo, you guys can check me out on Instagram. That's at the speakers mechanic at the speakers mechanic on Instagram. You can check me out on um, LinkedIn, Jason Hall, communication skills coach. If you do not know, I am a communication skills coach the background in speech language pathology, and I help individuals who are professionals and entrepreneurs communicate more effectively, confidently, so that they can go in any room and speak boldly. If you want to get at me, hit me up in the DMs and we can have a conversation about how I can help. Tim, where can we find you, sir? Find me on Twitter at DRTJ Golden ESQ at DRTJ Golden ESQ. You go to my Twitter feed. My pinned tweet is a promotional tweet for the Motown Philly podcast. Please go there, like that pinned tweet, and click on the link, and you will hear 
some of our episodes there. You'll be able to find us. So you can find me on Twitter at DRTJGoldenESQ. You can find me on Instagram at a good golden man. And you can find me on Facebook at Tim Golden. Three things in life are certain death taxes. And I'm the only black man in Walla Walla, Washington named Tim Golden. The city's so nice. You had to say say it twice. twice. Walla Walla. So thank you all for tuning in to episode 17. Jason, we just three episodes away from 20. We're coming up on some big things. We got some good things in store for the re- for the remaining weeks of this year. So please subscribe. Get Tune those in. upload notifications. Right. Make sure you're tuning in. Make sure you're sharing. Make sure you are spreading the word about Motown Philly. We are we are starting small, but we are going to end up big, real big. In fact, Jason, I'm not just talking about big. I'm talking about obese player. We headed for obesity out here in these podcast streets. What up, y'all? Love you, Jay. Love you too. And love to love to all love the you. listeners. Yes. Y'all will hear from us again next week on the Motown Philly podcast. Love you guys. Peace. We out. Peace. <laughs>